Hello everyone, I'm Nishitani again, and today we sit down with Sharon Barlev. Sharon is a Teta healer and recall healer, among many other things. In the discussion, uh, we talk about trauma and how uh, people endured in their childhood and afterwards living in an insane world. We also touch on subjects related to that, such as depression and anxiety, and how people tend to cope instead of leaning into discomfort. We discuss these things in Monitor on Oya's podcast, because it seems a lot of people are looking to cope rather than actually get to the root cause of the issues that they're having. It also seems like anxiety and depression are things that are ramping up, especially among the younger generation. Before we go out and we try to fix the world or fix other people, We need to be able to look into ourselves on our own trauma and our own issues and fix those. And that takes time and help. So I hope you enjoyed today's discussion with Sharon and welcome to Oya's podcast. So my name is Sharon Tohar Barlev from Israel. Uh, I've been a healer, uh, a practitioner healer for the last uh, 20 years. Been studying for 35 years, a lot of uh, methods and technique. Um, I started my journey when I was 10 years old, realizing that I'm a clairvoyant, that I see too much, and I don't want to see what I see on people. And I got freaked out from it. And when I was 15, I decided that I'm blocking it, and I'm not allowing myself to see anymore what I had seen on people. And But I always knew I want to be a healer, and I want to help people. And I just knew it. I know it's my calling since I remember myself. Then I closed it when I was 15. And then when I was 20, uh, I started my journey. I left my country and I started traveling the world to learn practices and method. I was practicing yoga and meditation and vipassana. And I learned a lot of uh, massage technique, like uh, Ayurvedic Indian uh, massage and Thai massage and Reiki and Reiki master and lots of things. But when I finally had head out to the world and allowed myself to to give my gift, it was around the year 2011. Uh, it was when I finished my Theta Healing uh, uh, teacher training course. Um, and then I opened up all that I closed when I was 15. But this time I, I opened it with a structure, with a that I know how to work with my my gift and not to be afraid of it and how to use it when I'm in the clinic or giving uh, um, workshops, but um, I don't use it when I'm outside or with friends. So what I've realized over the years, I'm I'm usually what I do, I'm I'm a therapist. I meet people on, if it's one-on-one basis, if it's a couple therapy, if it's a family therapy. Um, and I realized that my gift is helping people realize our uh, our karma, that there is a, 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 in our soul journey, we actually chose before we came here, we chose our journey, we chose our parents, uh, we chose the, le- the, the lessons that we wanna learn in our life process, in our karma. And we chose our parents and our family in order for us to evolve and release old wounds or old vows that we've taken in our past lives. Okay, so it's very it's it's quite various what I 
what I do. So I do one-on-one session or couple therapies that I train people how to be therapists. Okay, it's like a nine-month course that they come and learn how to heal other people. Um, it's my work is emotional, spiritual, physical, and mental. I like to combine the spirituality with the science. Um, like we call it earth and air. Um, because I believe we are all, we have all the elements in us. And in order to live a good life, we need uh, to balance all the elements that we're carrying. Um, John, one quick question. Yeah. What do you mean by um, combining the spirituality with the science? How do you, how have you found a good combination of those? Right. A lot of people keep them separate. And I think combining them is, is a good key to how we can go forward. So what have you done or how do you think about that? Okay. First of all, I started in the spiritual world, but then there's a conflict because when I'm in the spirit, I cannot connect to reality and to real life and to money and to the system. And then there's a clash, right? Because then I live here, but I, I'm not in peace with this world. So realizing that I want to take down what I have from the spiritual world and bring it down to, to earth, okay, and to real life. And realizing that every cell of my body have spirit, emotions, okay, so it has both. And how do I combine the science? Okay, um, I, I take two tools that I'm carrying that I love to work and combine them together because I learned lots of tools and ways of healing. But the Theta healing, we can say it's the Theta healing is, is, is it is on the spiritual level, but not only because in the Theta healing, we do investigate, um, for example, what we've been through in, the, in our mother womb, what we experienced there emotionally. Okay. And we are caring from there until now. Like, and, and then, uh, in the detailing, we investigate the generation, our ancestors, like three generations before us, our parents, grandparents, great-great-parents, and to see what passed in the DNA, which is also on the spiritual, but also on the physical level. It could be disease, it could be mental, it could be emotional. Um, and then I have the recall healing. The recall healing, uh, it, it's more down to earth, let's say, okay? Um, recall healing was based on the German American uh, German uh, medicine, the new German medicine, sorry, by Dr. Hammer. And Dr. Hammer was a regular doctor. And he once he got his cancer, he found this technique. Uh, but he was really looking at the body, at the physics, and emotional. He didn't add up the spiritual to it. Okay. So the recall healing, it's like I have this encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know the word in English. Okay. Oh, that's that's correct. Okay. Encyclopedia. Yeah. And it's like I have this encyclopedia that every muscle, every bone, every part in our body is carrying emotional that um okay, there's this thing that we follow. We say that every trauma that was not resolved, okay, even it Either it's my trauma or my ancestors' trauma. It goes down to the DNA and then comes a trigger in our life. And it just click the button it, and it comes up as a disease, 
if it's physical disease, if it's mental disease, or it's patterns of behavior, patterns of thoughts. So it, in the recall healing, we look on the body and how the structure of the biology works together with the emotions and traumas. And then I have the recall healing that can help me to see it from a higher level. And then I can combine it. So when I, but it's important to say when I give workshop, I, if it's a short workshop, like a three days workshop, I cannot do all of it in one workshop, right? I need to choose. So then I will separate them in workshop. The nine months course that I'm having, then I combine them all. But when I give a workshop, for example, is it okay? I, I talk about the workshops. Sure. I'm making, I'm giving. Okay. So one work, workshop is the Theta Healing Beginner course, the basic course, which is three days course that we do learn how to connect to the divine. We learn how to open and get in tune with our intuitive uh, possibilities or abilities that we have that we were born with, but we were learned to forget. <laughs> they teach us to forget what we know because kids, they can see auras and kids uh, until three years old can remember even past life. Okay. But, the, and they can see entities and beings that we don't see them now anymore as grown ups. But then when a child come and share with a parent or with a grown up what they see and they are told that they have a beautiful imagination or they're imagining. So we start to push it away and to close it in a box. And then in the Theta Healing course, the three days course, we learn how to open again the skills we had as, as children and start to get this connection and realizing that we are part of everything and we can connect with everything. We can connect with the plant, we can connect with an animal, we can connect with the child, we can connect with each other on the unconscious level, okay? So you think it's more of a participatory relationship with everything so correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like what you're trying to help people to do is by looking to their past by looking into their ancestry and beyond is you're trying to help them change the relationship that they have to themselves and then that goes outwards and changing the relationship that they have to the environment plant animal so on and so forth because their relationship to things is improper it's exactly. not, it's there, that's misshapen. It's, it's out of whack. And yeah. that's what causes the mental illness and exactly. the physical illness and everything. Okay. Even if I give you, that's, that's beautiful. And thank you. It's nice to know that I'm understood. Um, <laughs> when I, um, I give an example, when I work with the, with people, with couples or lots of us, were parents to our parents as children, okay? If we saw our parents breaking up, falling apart, having depression, so the child becomes parent-child, right? And take care of the parent. And it's quite common, actually. We can find it in almost all the society. But then this is a law of nature that we break because you never see the, the cubs of the tiger, okay? going hunting for their mother or taking finding a cave for her or making her warm so when we are learning how to come back to our nature and to correct what was wrong 
we are connected with our own nature okay because the the, the subconscious beliefs that we are carrying in our dna in our mind in our body in our soul in our spirit in our emotions the subconscious beliefs they are making us live in our life we we think we control our life but we're fully fully um how you say it it's like all our path the path we're taking we think we are taking it but actually it's our subconscious that's walking in front of us the more we get in tune with our subconscious belief with what was passed on to us from our ancestors or what we experience as babies or in the womb or as children and we are carrying all this load that doesn't serve us in this daily life okay because if i was for example if a person was the one to take care of one of the parents and then taking this pattern into life and taking care of the partner and taking care of everything everyone so this person will probably have the problem of not being able to be supported by others and then again we break a law of nature because in nature has to be how you call this law um i forgot the name cyclical it's, reciprocal it's the, law, it's the law okay um it's the connection okay the tree receives sun water bees and to 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 help him spread his seeds right and yeah. then the creation gives the plant yeah. the water it's it's a it's a cycle nature reciprocates exactly to, yeah okay yeah. so when we are not following the laws of nature we go out of balance mm -hmm. so in mm -hmm. order to heal we're asked to go back to our balance mm -hmm. to come back to our roots to our center but we can't do it once our subconscious is so full of shit. Sorry for my language, yeah. but I have a question about that. Then, so you're talking about our environment. Like, for example, you gave the example of like the having to take care of your parents. Um, are there other aspects of our environment in everyday life because of how society is structured that make us this reciprocal thing? It kind of can narrow down and narrow and get closed to our environment and maybe to others um is there other parts of our environment besides our families that can close us off to this i don't know if i completely understand your question so i think what you were saying is that you have this event when you're a kid right and you're taking care of your mother right let's say and then because of that improper relationship to her because of the unnatural relationship to her you you kind of that that natural reciprocation that natural cycle isn't there yeah. and so when you go out into the world you're not performing the natural cycle okay. the natural thing yes. and so I'm, what i'm saying is that there are there seem to be other parts of the environment maybe like a city or the way a house is built or the way it might just be the way the environment is set up and how we interact with children or how we interact with each other in an office yeah let's say but it whatever itself everything right. we meet in the outer world is a reflection of the inner world mm -hmm. so if i want to change oh i was looking for the name of the law the law of interactions mm -hmm. 
Okay. Okay. So the law of interactions, it, it starts with the interaction I have with myself, how I see myself, what I've taken on me that probably is not mine to take. Okay. So I already started this balance with myself. So we can go out to the world and talk about healing the world and changing the world. But come on, if, if all of us live in that we are conflicted in ourselves, how can I, Gandhi said it, if you want to change your world, heal yourself first. I totally agree with that. I, I'm not saying to go out and change the world. Most people are, they, they would do it incorrectly because they're, they're screwed up. Yeah. If you're screwed up and you try to change something, you're just going to make it a mirror image of yourself and yourself is screwed exactly. up. Exactly. It's like, yeah. a, okay, it's like my daughters asked me to sit with them on the homework when I was a child that was having a problem with homework. How can I help them? I right. need to solve it myself first, right? Right, right. Okay. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking more of the, the relationship between me and the environment. So there's fixing myself part. Okay. And then there's also, so there's the subjective me and then there's the object of the environment but then there's also the relationship between me and the environment which has its own life of right course, but this this takes me to the couple therapy <laughs> okay <laughs> all right go ahead because it's so similar i mean you're talking about the environment it's not that i don't care about the environment of course i take care of the environment and i think this planet is wonderful and need to take care of it but need to heal the people and because we are the worst kind that nature ever created right because in nature, yeah. you know you, you will not find um in nature um evil you will not find in nature an animal that should do it just because she feel like hurting someone right she eats because she's hungry uh, she survived her family she survived her camp or herself but so this take me to our uh, animal uh, survival instinct mm -hmm. okay um and most of us we are walking in this planet having this survival animal instinct but we're using them in places that are not needed like we can uh, react to a situation like the same part in our mind that reacts to a tiger okay like you can meet a person and start reacting to that person or a situation like a tiger is coming because our mind is reacting from the same animal roots and this is also a place we want to make this order for example when i work with couples when where when i give couple therapy okay we work about this interaction between our animals uh, animal um, survival instinct how as a, in a couple we behave to each other as enemies or someone i need to defend myself like a tiger is going to be eating me now but it's only my wife or my my husband okay okay so i think before we talk about the environment we need to take care of the inner environment in ourselves in our homes because for me to say that I feel or I can say there is a healing, it's when we see there is a healing in the house. Right. This is why I work with the mother, with the father, with the children, with the relationship of the parents, because this is what we need to heal. We need to heal families and relationship between people. That's my belief.
And I think that's what we came to learn here. Planet Earth was here before us and will be after us. Sure. We're just a passenger. Just, just to <laughs> clarify, when I say environment, I don't mean nature. Okay. Um, it's, yeah. it's a it's a broader term for yes. anything outside of yourself. It could yeah. be it could be this uh, glass of water. It could be the cigarette. It could be a, your your mother. It could be whatever. It just means the the field right. or area outside of yourself. Great. Thank you for this translation. We, yeah. It sounds different in my language. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also use environment to talk about nature. Yeah. But it's also there, it's a broader term. Mostly about nature and recycling and. Yeah, yeah, that's not what I was getting. I was not what I was okay. getting at. Just the outside world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The environment yeah, yeah. we are creating, our, our, our thought, belief, patterns from our subconscious is actually creating everything around us. So we are a big impact on the environment, right? So if I right. if I don't like how my life looks or how people treat me, I need to go turn in and see what's in me is magnifying this from the universe. So what pattern in me is not in tune with the law of nature? Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I get back in tune with the law of nature, I can impact differently on my surroundings. Mm -hmm. So you're talking to, you were talking about the animal instinct. Now I've heard an analogy before of the animal instinct and they put it in the gut like your stomach mm -hmm. and then you have the rational animal the brain and then you have the heart and you have the reptile brain and you have okay sure but that, just as a metaphor right, so you right. have the gut the the head and the heart and the gut can put you out of control into chaos like you said sometimes you shouldn't be using the animal instinct yeah and then you have to back, and then the head can be overly rational, overthinking things, going through, analyzing, and it yeah. actually puts you out of touch with your environment because exactly. it's all up here. And so yeah. the heart, the heart is what balances that and pushes that out into the world. I've heard that metaphor before. What do you think? I think the combination of all together. Yep. I believe always in uniting because it's all about uniting with myself, with my the people around me, with the universe, with the plants. It's, we were brought up in the Western world believing we are separate and alone, okay? But when you used to live in nature and communities, we were together and we were sharing and we were doing everything together. We were supported and supportive. And the thing is, the more we go into our cocoons, into our corners and we feel more alone and more alone okay we are not in touch and only tune with nothing this is why i feel we need to learn how to to combine to stop separating ourselves from ourselves from others from the environment from the universe so saying it's either my in my brain or in my heart or in my stomach i'm again separating for mm -hmm. example if I go uh, to rent a place and I want to know if the place is good for me, I check three places. I put a hand on my forehead, on my eye chakra, third eye chakra, and I, I stand in the home or, or the house that I'm thinking, should I take it? And I check three centers in my body that I want to get three yeses. One is the third eye chakra, one is on my heart chakra, and one is on my sex chakra. 
the belly, okay? Mm-hmm. The lower belly, actually, which is yep. where the womb and, okay? So needs to get three, three yeses. If one is saying no, I will check this now and listen to it. Okay. And it's about getting a job and it's about relationship and it's about everything. It's like, I think that all centers, when I talk about the animal instincts, I'm talking about the um, survival instinct that it's like sometimes people feel that they are living in a war, but the war doesn't really exist. Yeah. Okay. If you see how people live their life, struggling all the time, it's like there's an enemy around the corner but there's not an enemy around the corner. It's not reality. Maybe it was my ancestors. Maybe my great-great-father was in a war. So my DNA is still carrying this, this energy of war or thinking. So it's it, when I'm saying animal extinct, it's not the animal instincts. Maybe it's my language, the way we translate. It's all this, it's more about survival instincts that yeah. we might use in places we shouldn't, okay? For example, in relationship with people we love, our, our mates, our kids, our parents, our subconscious might react to them like they are enemies. And we will start to use our survival instinct on people we love and we hurt them. We are doing it subconsciously in order to protect myself. But while protecting myself, I'm hurting others. Okay. So... When I work with couples, this is the second therapy uh, workshop that I give. It's it's a couple therapy. It's really to teach communication and how to rise above this this tendency of going into our survival instincts and first of all realizing them, acknowledging them. Okay, in the couple. Okay, realizing that when you do this and this, it makes me feel abandoned. When I feel abandoned, I start to behave like this and this. Okay, but usually people are not aware, we're not aware why I was reacting like this. I w- I'm not aware that I was feeling abandoned. Okay, I'm just, it could be that the, the woman is, is angry because he didn't come on time. He just didn't come on time from work. He said he's going to come at eight and he came at nine and she was waiting. Okay, so there's lots of things happening in her right now. And a lot of this subconscious belief that talk about survival. She goes into the survival instinct. She needs to protect herself, but she doesn't know what she's really experiencing underneath. So when I work with couples, I help the people to see what we are, what's under, what's really making it tick, what makes the survival instinct attack or freeze. You make the unconscious conscious. Exactly. And then we can talk with each other with more open and loving and caring because once the person realized that when he was late she was feeling abandoned so she's not really angry with him she feels not important enough okay he can change and instead of getting angry and start to defend himself he can understand ah wow he can get the empathy to her okay she was feeling abandoned and that's why she's reacting like this okay and then she can see that to him it hits the not good enough button when he gets the not good enough button oh <laughs> he has to defend himself he has to say how good is but i did this and i did that and i tried this and i did my best okay when she's like i don't care i just wanted you to come on time 
because I didn't want to feel abandoned. Right. It's not right. about what you do. It's about me feeling not important. Right. So we, when we learn to speak our truth from the heart, our vulnerability, it allows us to reconnect with ourselves, first of all, to understand these parts of me that I was not in tune with and I can get in tune with them. I can start to communicate them and then we can communicate to practice it with our lover. Okay, and it brings love back to the relationship or sometimes creates love that was not there before. Yep. Right? Yep. And then it can pass on to the kids. We can start talking to our children like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. I see what you mean. And so you yeah. you, you yeah. create you create an honesty and a vulnerability with each other with proper communication. And that exactly. opens up love. Yes. And connection, awesome. it allows us to connect, mm -hmm. to make a connection, connection with me, with my emotions, with my thought, with my patterns, with my fears. So first of all, to be aware and more re to reconnect with myself, then I can connect with another person. How can I connect with another person when I have no connection with me? Yeah. I yeah. will be connected on the surface level but then people yeah. will not meet me it's like people say nobody really knows who i am re really am okay lots yeah. of people goes with this belief that nobody really knows who i really am and i'm like do you show them how can they see it if you're not allowing people in and if you're not really sharing who you really are deep down but mm -hmm. if in a certain part in our childhood, we got disconnected with our with these parts and we start to drop them and neglect them. They don't really go nowhere. They just stay, stay in our subconscious. This this you know, this vulnerability, fears. But when we get connected with them, we can be more soft with ourselves, more kind to ourselves, more loving and yeah. compassionate. Yeah. So that's my gift i think what's important for me for me to heal the planet is to heal families hmm. so one of the things we always talk about here in the us is and it's it's i think i have a couple of friends who are like psychologists they have their own practice and most of the patients that they see they always tell me are people dealing with anxiety one and depression two mm. <laughs> it's the number and there was there was a crazy statistic that came out it's international, last week. Unfortunately, it's also in Israel. It's everywhere. It's the same. The yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, it's the same everywhere. And there was a crazy statistic from the U.S. that came out last week that the number now now the this year the number two killer of children eight to uh, ten to eighteen is suicide. Mm. So more children are killing themselves now more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm sorry, I, but yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, wow. This yeah. has not happened in my country, luckily. Yeah. Wow. No, it's yeah. breaking my heart to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I read it the other day and it just blew my mind. I was just like, wow. And they wow. said 10 to 18. I'm like, 10? Wow. Um, but from your perspective, what are the, the root causes of anxiety um, and depression? 
Oh, okay, I, want, I was thinking you want to talk to me about these kids. I could say something about them also, but sure. If you want to start with that and then go to the question, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be arrogant, and I don't want to hurt no one. If someone is a parent of these children, but uh, it's a cry for help. It has to do with also with the Corona time, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, the Corona time, lots of kids are people couples you know how many couples broke for a couple yeah. and for me as a couple therapist it's like wow it's exploding but i was so happy that people start to realize okay like if if i take i'm sorry i'm taking this angle for for a minute but sure. before i talk about the depression and, and and anxiety attacks um but people had relationship they go to work every day they don't really know them their, their partner they don't really know their kids they come in home late and then they have to be in homes and they have to get know to get to know the people they live with and they don't have tools of communication from their heart so they start they might fight or close in themselves even more and then they go to depression because depression, the cause of depression, as I see it, is, okay, a person that is having a depression feels that there's no meaning in life. There's no reason to live, right? What? They, they, a person with a, with a depression, nothing has taste. There's no smell. They cannot see the colors. It's not exciting. It's like it's, all the colors are dull. Okay, on depression, I cannot work with 40 people. I work one-on-one. -on -one. But the reason for depression is that the meaning or the life purpose I had when I came here is not fulfilled. I don't find a cause to live. For example, when a child is conceived, the father and mother, they make love, this baby is conceived, during this conceive and the pregnancy, everything the mother goes through goes to the baby. So, for example, if the parents are not in a good situation and this child was conceived in order to make peace, so this child have the program that he is the peacemaker of the family and he has to make peace within his parents. What happens if his parents are always fighting and he cannot bring the peace? What happens if they divorce? It's gone because his life purpose was to bring peace and to unite his parents. He cannot unite his parents. He lost the reason of living. So he might go to alcohol or drugs or depression. It's like the purpose of me living here today is not fulfilled. I don't deserve to live. But this is really subconscious. This is on the subconscious level. So when I work with a person that have depression, we will go to see what was the program in the womb as a uterus, okay? Mm. What was programmed there? And we release the program because, as I say, law of nature. Is it the part, is it, is, is it the job of a fetus to take care of the mother? Is it the job of a fetus to take care of the couple? What's the job of, what's the part of a fetus? to be fed, to be warm, mm -hmm. and to grow. Yeah. So a love nature was broken that, that moment. 
when we go there with regression, like I take the person regression, we go to the womb and we change it. We, 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 we just teach the law of nature. What's the part of the parents? What's the part of, okay, of the baby? And we create a new purpose for living. And it would be me, not somebody else. And then I have a reason to live for me. Interesting. I have a question. I heard a statement once, and I want to see what you think of this. I heard a statement that said the instinct when somebody is depressed and they are suicidal, as we say. So the instinct to kill, want to kill themselves is actually a correct instinct because what needs to die is their relationship, their current relationship to themselves and to the world. And they need to grow a new, they need to orient, their orientation to these things is incorrect. So that needs to go away and they need to transform that orientation into a new one. Yes. But they misinterpret it and they think that means they need to kill themselves. They don't need to kill themselves, they need to kill the orientation they have to themselves and to the world. What do you think of that? Yes, it's quite general what you just said. Yes, yes, yeah, general. Yes, it's it's a bit too general for me. Okay. Because if I gave the last example of this baby that took a job of being a grown-up and not a baby in the womb, and then, anyway, it doesn't matter what was pr pr uh, printed then, if I don't fulfill it, I don't deserve to live because my life was created in order to make them happy. If they're not happy, I don't deserve to live. I should die. Right. It's a self-punishment. Right. So okay. it's a very specific cause from that person's background and their time in the womb and their family history. Yes. Okay. And this is, I'm a healer many years and I try to help people with depression and I work with people with mental illnesses also and, and depression and, 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 and post-trauma and usually needs to heal the trauma that created the pattern. When a person want to kill themselves, there's a reason. And from, as I, in my point of view, it was created way back before. Mm -hmm. It could be also from past life. Mm -hmm. For example, if in past life I was a murderer and I killed a lot of people, okay? And then when I finish that life and I go to the in-between, the LBL, life between life, and then I take on myself a mission. And my mission is to be um, to save people. And when I will save people, I will clean my karma, for example. And then this person come here as a child and this child want to save the mother, but the mother is not savable, not possible to help her. She's a lost case, okay? She might be depressed, okay? She might be whatever, on drugs or just disappointed from her life. And then the child experience that he cannot fulfill his mission. He came here to save. So every time he cannot save others, he needs to die because he didn't fulfill. So you want to die, go back and choose another thing, another journey, another lesson. When a person come to me and say, I want to kill myself, I say, okay, go on. Why don't you do that? Come on, go on. Okay. Do you want me help, to help you? You want me to come with you to the roof? I push you down. Do you want me to go with you to the train station? Because the fact 
that he's saying it, it means he's crying for help and he doesn't want to do it. A person that want to die will do it and will not say nothing to nobody. He will cry out for help and he will give signs before. He will not say he want to die, but he will show his anxiety or depression or um, illness or problems. There's a lot of way of acting out and crying for help. But it depends if this person has people around him that cares and know what to do. And if they don't, they should get therapy. Because it's not, when one person is distressed, it shows about all the environment. That all the environment is healing. All the people around him, his family, his friends, maybe they've been ignoring him. It's, maybe he's crying for help, but they're ignoring his crying for help. Okay? So when a person is, is, is in depression, it doesn't mean that people can help him. But people that go to therapy to get, to get help and learn how to help him, this can completely help. Because when a person in depression and people come to him and say, come on, why are you depressed? Let's go party, let's smile. That's the last thing this person needs to hear. He needs compassion. He doesn't need criticizing his depression because it makes him criticize himself even more. He needs compassion. He needs understanding. He needs someone to sit with him and hold his hand and say, I understand your pain. Yeah. I understand you're in pain and you're suffering and I want to be here for you. How can I be? But usually you can't do nothing unless you're a therapist. You can just be supportive and be there and listen, but you can't. What can you do if you were not, if you were not trained to know how what to do there? When I was having depression years ago after a birth of a child, my second child, people around me were like, "Come on, snap out, snap out of it!" Or, <laughs> I know what's depression. I've been there. And what really helped me was caring people that were just being there with me, not trying to solve it for me or not, and definitely not taking it on themselves or blaming themselves for it because it's nobody's fault. Nobody's fault because if, if someone is in depression and you're next to him and you're taking, you're feeling, you blame yourself for it, you're neglecting him. You're not with him anymore. You're with yourself. Being for another person, you cannot take it on you. Right, right. Be it's an ego. It. It's an ego. It's, your ego gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, it's another yeah. survival instinct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so what about anxiety? Perfection. Society is asking us to be perfect. Anxiety comes when we find that we're not. Okay. When we learn to accept we are not perfect, and this is the perfect in, in nature, because if you take a shell or a stone, you will not see it perfect, but this is the perfection. When we learn to understand that our imperfection is perfect, mm -hmm. we might not have any more panic attacks. Usually panic attacks is when a person expect accept themselves to be perfectionist, the best. And it's the fear of failure. 
actually. And because we are, if you go to India <laughs> or Thailand or Africa, I don't think you will see a lot of this, not depression and not anxiety attacks. Um, I, I lived in Africa for a few years. Um, and one of my friends there told me, he says, we don't have the luxury to be anxious and depressed. I don't have time to think about it. But it's not only this, they're more in tune with nature, so, so they're more in tune with right. themselves. And they realize that they're not, it's it's the Western people that thinks you want to be better and have more money and have a better car and be better than your neighbor. So it's all about war. And it's all about comparison and judgments. And this is what creates anxiety, because if you judge yourself, and you feel yourself poorly next to another person, okay? So you're not good enough and society expect, expect you to be the best. So that's what I find, that people that have, not every person have an anxiety attack, only the people that expect themselves or been expected from their parents as kids to be the best. So how do you balance this idea of your imperfection is perfect and self-improvement at the same time oh you prove much more because what i've learned until today that by with blame you don't evolve the blame is what holds you from evolving actually the shame the blame compassion help you grow a lot so if we take this imperfection what we call it and see it in compassion eyes when we learn to see ourselves with compassion and to see others with compassion, wow, we evolve as souls much more. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't evolve, I don't know, uh, materialistically. Yeah. But we will evolve emotionally, physically, spiritually. When we go to, when we, when we die and we go from here, we don't take nothing with us. The only thing we take is our soul. So you're saying like a bit of humility and compassion humbleness. because, because yes. there's a, there's less than humility being yeah. humble. Being humble. Yeah. There's, um, there's such a problem in, in the U S right now. I don't know if it's the same in Israel. We have the culture of narcissism. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, right. So exactly. So, I mean, these things, it's, it's, it's always about a balancing act because they can swing in the one direction. And all these people are like, I'm perfect the way I am. And I'm like, no, you're a piece of shit. Okay. You need to, you know, get your stuff together. Let's right. talk about narcissism. Okay. A person that really loves himself or herself and believe in herself or himself, they don't need nobody else to see it. Okay. If I love myself and I know that I'm good enough the way I am, I don't need you to see it because I have it. So the fact I'm asking it from you, what's happened with narcissism, is asking it from others, meaning that the person is empty. He has nothing. He's fed by the energy of others. He's not really loving himself. Because then he wouldn't need your energy. When I love myself, when we learn to really love and be compassionate with ourselves and humble with ourselves and God and others, we will be there for others. We will not suck their energy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So narcissism comes from very low self-esteem, actually. The narcissist is fed by the admiration of others because he has zero self-admiration. It's like an energy parasite. Yes, completely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So narcissism is an illusion. Yeah. It's not real. I'm sorry for the people that believe that this is how you should be in order to succeed. I'm really sorry for them because they will not succeed. Yeah, it seems to be this weird response to this. So like anxiety has driven up among like especially young, like the new generation who's online all the time and everything is based on likes and these Instagram models and exactly. they see this, they see these standards, they they can't um replicate or they can't attain those standards. Exactly. And then they go then they go the opposite direction because they feel empty and they are empty. And they say, I'm fine the way I am. I'm beautiful. I'm this. It's like, so they, then they create a lie to combat the lie of the social media. But they don't believe in it, unfortunately, in themselves. It's just on the outer appearance. Shallow. Yeah. Media is shallow. It's the outer appearance. You know, I have, um, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm having a, this couple session with this couple and this woman, she always, you know she she put online on facebook her their pictures and they're going on holidays and they're eating this and doing this and they come to my clinic and they are horrible to each other it's a lie <laughs> they, hate, they hate each other they don't have sex six months and they're all smiling in the camera and showing like everything is perfect that's why i'm saying perfection because society wants to look, the outer ex experience should be looking perfect. But when, when this is when we are disconnected, again, with ourselves, there's the yeah. outer world and the inner world. I need to show that I'm doing great, though I feel like shit. Because otherwise, people will not accept me. Which is bullshit, because when you are disconnected with yourself, people cannot really connect with you. They connect only with the outer lane layer that you're showing but then you feel lonely so lonely there yeah yeah because it, you 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 don't believe you can show who you really are your pain your fears your vulnerability mm -hmm. and i think that people that can speak out their vulnerability they're much stronger <laughs> braver and then we can succeed I think the people that are succeeding are people that got in touch with their vulnerability. We say uh, courage because in uh, Latin it comes from from the heart. Mm. You go with forward with your heart. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your heart on the sleeve. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. All right. Wow. Well, yeah, that was good. I think, uh, what do you think of wrapping it up there? Yeah.